Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Now apparently the blog's wrestling expert. <laughs> and Blake, Iowa Gopher. The prodigal blogger returns. Well, this is a this is a first, I think, for the podcast. We are opening with wrestling because Gable Steveson is an Olympian. Uh, he made his way through the Olympic trials this past weekend, and will be representing the United States in the which category? One hundred and twenty-two kilogram. One twenty-five. It will be one twenty-five. The one twenty-five kilogram. Uh, division in the Olympics, the only uh, U.S. wrestler, because um, U.S. only sends one uh, wrestler per weight class. So uh, this is a huge deal. Um, you know, depending on how he does, I mean, I'm sure that could affect his whether or not he comes back. But Andy, I think you got to see a little bit more of it live than the rest of us. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, I saw I saw bits and pieces of it. The uh, the NBCSN coverage was not. Uh, not amazing for whatever reason. Well, I'm not going to get into whatever reason. They they decided to show other matches on the main uh, TV feed. No nonsense. Gable Stevenson is the only match. Yeah, what is wrong with you, know. NBC? So, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, he 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 was dominant. I mean, dominant is the only word you can use. Um, he he swept through. He beat his first quarterfinal opponent eleven uh, nothing in less than two minutes uh and then he had a rematch in the uh, semifinals against uh, penn state's daniel kirk levitt uh invergrove heights native simley grad uh beat him 11 nothing in about five minutes uh it was a rematch of the big 10 quarterfinal and, and basically the same result happened it, it wasn't even close uh and that set up uh his final uh against the number one seed uh nick guazadowski uh guazadowski was the previous number one rated wrestler in this group, two-time world championship bronze medalist, two-time heavyweight uh, champion at NC State 2014-2015, uh, and had a 2-1 record against Gable all-time coming into the to the tournament this week, uh, although Gable got him the most recent time back in December. Um, and obviously Gable has improved significantly even since December because once again, he, he won 4-1 in December. Uh, it was not that close this time he won he won the first match of the best two out of three ten nothing and then took the second one ten four um you know he he looked like the most dominant wrestler in the field by far um and and now legitimately is a is a medal contender in tokyo um you know i mean i think uh, he'll be he'll be in that top three top four contention and he'll have to he'll have to beat uh and i'm gonna slaughter this name uh gino petriashibi of the Republic of Georgia, who is the reigning two-time uh, world champion at 125 kilograms. Uh, but you know, it'll be it'll be fun to see if I mean I have no doubt that that the Gable will have the motivation and he'll do everything that is possible to uh, to bring back a gold medal. He even said it, you know, he said, "I'm not settling for less. I'm going I'm going to Tokyo to bring back gold, and there is no other option." So, um, you know, it should be fun. Uh, it sounds like wrestling will start August first. Um, you know, find your NBC family of networks. We'll have a lot more details and, and detailed schedules on when things will air. Um, you know, obviously with it being in Tokyo, if you want to watch it live, you're going to have to watch a lot of things at about seven in the morning. Um, 
But, uh, you know, assuming, assuming NBC does what they do, everything will be available either via stream or on one of its family of networks. So we should be able to watch, uh, watch Gable's journey to try and see if he can, uh, bring back a, a gold medal. Um, you know, he, he's the first gopher wrestling Olympian since Jake Deichler in 2008, 11th all time. Um, no, hopefully he can, uh, he can bring back a, a gold medal and, and really, uh, even if it's possible, increase his, uh, increase his, uh, notability in the wrestling world. Yeah. I mean, if he brings back gold, we can probably kiss goodbye. Any chances of him coming back to Minnesota? I would assume that would be all that the WWE would need to throw him a pile of cash to come, uh, you know, join the show. Um, which, you know, given his penchant for showmanship, uh, if he's any good on the mic, I'm sure they'll find a spot for him. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I'm really excited to watch him in the Olympics, uh, regardless of what happens. And, um, you know, if he if he's on his way to the uh, professional entertain, entertain, entertainment ranks, uh, more power to him. And he'll have left on a very high note as a gopher, certainly. So... Um, well, it was not the only big-time performance uh, in, in the clutch um, this past weekend. Gymnastics um, went out, uh, and Andy, I, I believe I'm going to get this right, posted their second-highest um, all-around score, team score, of the, uh, I think, it was it ever? Um, it's in the in the uh, semis, and then uh, I'll let you yeah, explain how they got was, themselves to the NCAA finals. It was tied for the third finals. highest score ever in, in the uh, in the yeah, I guess the semis or the opening of the regions. Uh, basically, yeah, uh, eight teams made the uh, Athens Georgia regional. Uh, four competed in the morning on Friday. Four in the afternoon. The Gophers were in the morning and ended up winning that uh, that initial session. So they advanced with uh, three other teams to the regional final on Saturday. So it was between them, number one Florida, number nine Denver, and number sixteen North Carolina State. Uh, and only the top two teams advanced to the uh, to the NCAA championships in Fort Worth in two weeks. Um, and the and the Gophers they got off to a good start. Um, you know they started on the on the bars, which is normally, uh, honestly, probably their their fourth best event as a team, and and got off and actually took a took a lead after the first rotation. Um, you know, Lexi Rambler, all world Lexi Rambler, started off with a nine nine five. They moved on to the vault and and got a nine nine five from from freshman Maya Hooten. Um, you know, stayed on top. They uh, they went to the floor exercise, and that's where they had a little bit of a slip. Uh, Ona Loper who's a senior, usually as, as steady as they can be, had a fall. So they had to score a 9-5, and that dropped them from, from first place to third place going into the final rotation. Uh, Denver had slipped ahead of them, and, and it basically came down. Uh, Denver was on the, uh, the vault, and the Gophers were on the, on the balance beam, and Minnesota had to score, you know, it, it sounds like a little bit, but point three points higher, which... Um, when you figure, you know, average score is nine eight nine nine, they had to they had to put it on to uh, to leapfrog Denver, and and they did that just that. Uh, their last three anchors on the beam all came in with nine nines or higher, um, and it clinched the clinched the spot. They leapfrogged Denver, and they did advance uh, for just the second time ever. The first time being twenty sixteen to the NCAA championship uh, semifinals, uh, which will be held Friday. Uh, a week from this Friday, down in Fort Worth, um, they'll have to compete against uh, Florida, Michigan, and Cal 
in uh, in basically the semifinals, and the top two teams of that will advance to the uh, championship finals uh, the next day on ABC. Um, the other nice thing about the, the Gophers advancing as a team is that uh, everybody on the team gets to compete for both event finals and, and all-around championships. Uh, if they had not qualified as a team, they would have just basically taken the top uh, top two or top three in each uh, each division that didn't didn't advance as a team. Uh, so things could have gotten a little bit dicey. But now uh, every single member on the Gopher team will have a chance to win uh, win an individual NCAA championship on an event. And especially Lexi Rambler will have her shot to win uh, an all around national championship. And they take the Friday scores um, for those event championships. So. Um, you know, they, they have to come out that Friday and basically have the, have the meat of their lives, try and see if they can bring home some, some individual awards, uh, and see if they can advance to, to Saturday's final. It, uh, it won't be easy. They got to get through the, the number one, I think number one, number three, and number four teams in the country. Uh, the Gophers have beaten Michigan once this year at the big tens, obviously. Um, but Michigan turned it on last week. I think they had the number one or number two qualifying score in the in the regionals. Cal was something like number three. Um, so the Gophers had the qualified with the lowest lowest score of the eight teams. Um, but if they can if they can pull out their performance that they did on Friday, uh, they'll they'll have a shot at, at making it to uh, to the Saturday final. So uh, you know it's it's just great to see the program competing at such a high level and. Um, you know, I, I think honestly, I think even if you you asked uh, Jenny Hansen, the the Gopher women's head coach, a team title would be a, a a big big effort on on this. There's just you know all around teams that are a little bit better, but I think Lexi Ramler, if she can turn it on, has a legitimate chance to win an all around national championship. Um, you know, we've seen Ona Loper pull off three perfect tens on the vault this year. There's no reason she can't do that again. Maya Hooten pulled a perfect ten on the floor. She could do that again. Lexi Ramblers pulled perfect tens on both the bars and the beam. So uh, I think there there are legitimate chances for individual event national championships for several gophers, and uh, you just got to hope they bring their, their A game next Friday. You might be wondering, uh, where is Blake? We introduced him and then apparently killed him off, uh, off, off the, uh, you know, on a muted mic. Uh, we brought him back, uh, from the depths of uh, podcast purgatory, uh, to participate because it's spring football time. Uh, you probably would have already noticed that given that he's been writing some nice previews, uh, position previews for the spring uh, football season uh, over on the blog. But uh, Blake, welcome back to football. It's good to be back. Uh, it's good to have spring practice in general uh, as opposed to last year when I think they made it about a week into spring practice and then this thing called uh, COVID. Not sure if you guys are familiar with this. Uh, broke out last year. Heard Kansas. a little something. Heard a little something. Yeah, not sure Yeah, how that all ended up, but I, I know it did uh, end up costing them spring practice. So I think it, generally everyone's pretty happy just to be on, have players on campus practicing in the spring and just, yeah, just getting all the off-season work they didn't get a year ago. So if I'm remembering correctly with, you know, COVID being COVID, we're not going to have some of the same visibility to the team that we normally do with the spring. Uh, they're not really opening any practices. 
in any way. I'm sure they'll put out content and, you know, videos and, and Fleck will do his pressers. But how do you uh, evaluate a spring when we really don't see anything of it? It's yeah, it's super strange. It's it's very different from years pa- past. I mean, I probably figure. I mean, Fleck probably has his reasons, and I, I think it's more than just one thing contributing to it. But uh, yeah, it's strange because like in these previews, you have to write like what to watch, and they haven't even made a formal announcement that there's going to be a spring game, uh, which is very unusual. Obviously, I would think they're going to do something. I I mean, at the minimum, just have like a televised scrimmage of some sort. But I mean, Flex kept things under lock and key uh pretty much this spring so it's just it's it's kind of strange we really have to rely mostly on just whatever morsels of, morsels of information uh you know happen to leak out of the football facility either through what flex says in his press conferences or maybe some of the assistants talk to some media people but yeah it's just really uh it's very different this year and uh, yeah honestly i don't know how you make an assessment of how the spring's going to go um at least at this point i think we will we'll get a better idea of like how much of a difference is spring made once they take the field in the fall? But yeah, it's just it's definitely a very unusual spring practice. But I mean, I can't say I blame Fleck for kind of tightening the lid on access. You know, with that uniqueness uh, to this spring, obviously, I'm sure there are some things that you're hoping you'll get a chance to hear about or see um, through whatever the program chooses to allow to be out visually. Um, what are what are your kind of I don't know top things you're hoping to learn about a, a specific player, a unit, anything like that? Well, it's I mean aside from just the fact that he's kept on he's keeping everything under kind of close to the vest. It's it is an interesting spring for other reasons too. I mean, uh, number one, they've had a number of guys uh, transfer out. I think probably the biggest name is Seth Green, but I would say the vast majority of guys are, were mostly depth guys a season ago. Uh, and the two biggest departures this offseason were obviously Rashad Bateman and Benjamin St. Juiced. Um, so, and those are the only two starters they're losing. They literally return uh, the 20 other starters in offense and defense, and basically most of their roster at this point. So, uh, there's not a lot of errors in the team where you see holes. It's mostly about like how much better can these guys get. Um, but I would say the most inexperienced part of the roster is wide receiver. Um, obviously, you lose Rashad Bateman, that's a huge loss. Um, we know what we have in Chris Hoffman Bell. Daniel Jackson, the true freshman last season, he had his moments. I think he only finished with about a dozen receptions that last season. So to me, that, that group is just a huge unknown at this moment. I think Fleck even addressed that in his press conference to start spring practice. But um, And I think if you don't count last year, since that's the year that, that doesn't count towards the eligibility, they'll have around the, in a ballpark of, a, of 10 true redshirt freshman wide receivers on the roster right now, including a transfer from... Texas A&M, Dylan Wright, and I think three true freshmen uh, early enrollees. So um, a lot of young, inexperienced uh, talent on the roster wide receiver. And I know a lot of people, you know, trust, obviously, Matt Simon, the wide receivers coach in Fleck, to have a good handle on that position with the success they've had with Tyler Johnson, Rashad Bateman, and um, two-degree Chris Hopman Bell. Um, but, yeah, that to me, that's, that, that's the biggest question mark, especially on offense, because when you look at they've got – their entire offensive line coming back, plus Daniel Falele, who's already back on campus, and Curtis Dunlap, who's I think is still recovering from a torn ACL. They got Tanner Morgan under center. They've got Muhammad Ibrahim, who hopefully they've wrapped in bubble wrap this spring because we know <laughs> we know what he can do. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't have anything left to prove in the spring, so just get that guy healthy into the fall. Um, it's really on offense. It's you're you're looking at just 
what can those wide receivers do? Who's going to step up? Um, I have no doubt that there's talent there, but it's just a question of how quickly can that talent mature and which of those guys is going to step up. Um, and that's just the offensive side of the ball. Defensive side of the ball, um, you've got a couple of interesting uh, transfers. We've got a uh, defensive line. Uh, Clemson transferred Niles Pinckney at defensive tackle, NC State's uh, Val Martin at defensive tackle, too, at linebacker, which is a position I know everyone uh, thought could could see some improvement last season. We'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, they've got the Abilene Christian linebacker, uh, Jack Gibbons. They'll also have Braylon Oliver back, so in a way, getting kind of a transfer guy back because he missed all of last season, and he probably would have started most of last season if he hadn't torn his ACL uh, a full year ago, so... That'll be an interesting position to watch, especially with a lot of the young younger guys that got experience last year and kind of had a trial by fire. Uh, and then at cornerback, you obviously lose St. Juiced, and you got Cunidor on one side. Justice Harris is back at slot corner. The two safety positions are pretty much spoken for, Tyler Newbin and uh, uh, Jordan Howden, although we hope you know Michael Dixon or, or Jalen Glaze might be able to push them uh, for some playing time. But uh, we'll have an eye on that other cornerback spot. There's no real favor right now, though I wouldn't be surprised if it's Philip Howard, who was the converted wide receiver, who's taken advantage of his extra senior year, and uh, he actually, he played really well towards the end of last year, I think, especially against Purdue, he had to start in place of St. Juice, and he just, great open field tackler, which is surprising for a guy that went from offense to defense in less than a year, but uh, but yeah, so just not a lot of huge overall gaping holes anywhere on the field, just, just some spots where there's some unknowns and some new blood, um, so, yeah, it's, I, I hope there is a spring game. I'd really like to see, uh, you know, the linebacker play, um, see who's getting reps at cornerback, and just, yeah, get a, get a look, close look at those wide receivers who haven't seen a lot of game action. So, um, so yeah, just some unknowns all around the field that uh, would be nice to get some clarity at least uh, before they break for summer workouts. Well, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for what Fleck decides as far as uh, spring game or spring scrimmage or whatever they want to call it. Heck, they can call it final spring practice. I don't care. Just be nice to have it on TV. Uh, We were, you know, when I was kind of planning out what to do for the the podcast uh, this week, basketball, I didn't really feel like talking about the Final Four or Baylor's complete destruction of Gonzaga, if only to save Andy the... Uh, disappointment of not winning as much money in one of his bracket pools as he could have. Um, but then, you know, Liam Robbins goes and puts himself in the transfer portal, and we should probably just take a moment to, to talk about that. At this point, it really is, um, you know, I'm, I, I don't, in no way am I assuming everybody who's in the portal is gone, but uh, even with, you know, if Gabe returns, uh, or Liam returns, it's starting to look like a completely new team that we'll see on the floor next year. And Andy, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how you feel about that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, it really is. It's, it's going to be, uh, you know, I think it's, it's crazy, and you probably wouldn't have seen a lot of this full change, but yet, you know, with the, with the COVID year and the free year, everybody's taking advantage, and it's, you know, everybody's looking for potential greener pastures or just looking for a fresh start. Um, you know, I think uh, with with Liam Robbins entering the portal, I think that's probably a, a fairly good sign that uh, Ben Johnson's not going to retain Ed Conroy as an assistant coach. Um, you know, Liam probably is going to potentially try and follow his uncle uh, wherever he may end up. But uh, it sounds like that's probably not going to be uh, not going to be back here. You know, I suppose you can always hope that once the assistants are announced, that that Ben and the assistants can put on their cell job. But um, 
But yeah, you know, I mean, legitimately with, with Gabe Kelcher in, in the portal, although he legitimately has said that he he's still honestly looking at Minnesota as an option. Marcus Carr is gone. Liam Robbins is gone. Uh, a lot of the younger guys, Trey Williams, whatever, probably all gone. Uh, Joel Mashburn Jr. is gone. It literally is going to be a, a, a new starting team next year. I mean, Ben Johnson is is got some transfers coming in. We've got three announced transfers thus far between uh, Jamison Battle, the former Deal Sal, uh, Wing, who is at uh, George Washington, Luke Lowe, the William Mary shooting guard, and uh, Lafayette guard EJ Stevens, who uh, who just announced a couple days ago. We know they're coming in, um, but yeah, I mean the the there's no you know Battle would be the biggest name and the and the guy with the Minnesota Minnesota connections, but I mean. It, it's going to be an interesting look next year. And obviously year one doesn't matter. And everybody's looking right now to what Ben Johnson can do in the uh, in-state 2022 recruiting class. Um, Cause that's really going to be the start of his, of his major tenure and, and things like that with Minnesota having six kids in the top 125, um, you know, basically having to bring at least a couple of those in, no ifs, ands, or buts if he wants to get off to a good start. But yeah, it, it it's gonna be a it's gonna be a weird year next year. I mean, when you consider your entire starting five is basically gone, um, you're gonna be starting five new players, and we don't know what to expect. I mean, it 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 it, it could be it could be a decent success. Uh, it it could be a train wreck. You know, I, I think uh, Steve uh, Zips Akron uh, on Twitter also put it best by saying, you know, it, it's not like. Uh, the Gophers are losing a, a you know NCAA caliber team. The Gophers were whatever six and fourteen last year, or I can't remember exactly what the record was, but it's you know eight and eight and fourteen. They're you know it's not like this roster was was a bunch of stars. So you know, but could it be worse? It it, it sure definitely could be worse. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the next few weeks play out. Not only with uh, who who gets announced as the assistant coaches, but uh, if there's any other transfers that Johnson looks to bring in, um, it sounds like he's looking at a potential uh, four-star recruit out of the Milwaukee area that uh, originally was interested in Marquette, Minnesota. Yeah. I think was I can't remember was committed to Marquette maybe, uh, and now and now is decommitted. Um, so you know there there could be a, a kid there. Uh, we still haven't heard officially. Um, Minnesota's uh, two recruits in this class. Uh, Kenny Poto, who I think everybody is sort of assuming um, is is going to look to move on, and then and Trayton Thompson, who everybody is sort of assuming is is going to stay. Um, but you know, it, it it will be a it'll be a definitely an interesting look as we come into uh, come into the fall season, and uh, you know, uh, your guess is as good as mine. What what realistically we're going to be looking at? That, there's one wrinkle that I have I feel like hasn't been talked about much that just I think people are just assuming is a foregone conclusion is um, the NCA in January were supposed to approve that one-time transfer rule for immediate eligibility and still I mean they they tabled the talks there's no firm data when they're going to vote on that and I just I wonder how many guys in the transfer portal are banking on that being approved and I mean a lot of people seem to think it's just it's a matter of when it happens but I just feel like that's banking a lot of the NCA doing uh, the right thing in a timely fashion, which in my experience has never been uh, a given. So I'm just curious, yeah, how that how that's going to factor in when exactly that's going to happen uh, for a lot of these guys. I mean, because it for, it affects Minnesota too. Like, uh, how many of these guys come in are going to get if there is no if they don't approve that in time for the season, are they going to get the one time waivers? Like, what's who's going to be available? So to me, that's 
a huge question mark for me, but I just tend to worry about like the small things. Just like sweating that. the details. The, you know, no big deal. <laughs> well, you know, it's been busy for hockey, too. Uh, so let me see if I can recap all the things that I've seen Andy write and tweet about. Uh, most recent, Sammy Walker is coming back. Um, but more importantly, Jack LaFontaine is coming back. Sample Ranta is going to the NHL. And Jared Moe has decided uh, to go to Wisconsin, which, okay. Um, before we get into Andy's breakdown of the news, I, I kind of feel like it's nice to have a chance to do Blake's hockey question with Blake present versus his, uh, his you know, handwritten notes that he sends to, to Street. Uh, so, so, Blake, what is this week's Blake asks, asks a hockey question? Uh, you know, I want to keep it current event related because, uh, you know, I follow uh, Go For Hockey News pretty pretty closely. And I saw the news about Jared Moe today, transferring to Wisconsin. And uh, oh, they know my question is, uh, who is Jared Moe? Uh, a, very, a, 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 very, a very topical question. Uh, I mean, for, for somebody who's a casual hockey fan, uh, you might not recognize the name Jared Moe. Uh, Jared Moe was the Gophers' backup goaltender. Uh, he split time with Jack LaFontaine two years ago. Um, but for, for whatever reason, there, there's rumors around that he in, in Moscow didn't really see eye-to-eye. Moe was a, a Lucia recruit and decided to stay when Moscow came on, and, and they seemed to seemed to be okay. Um, you know, he, he played uh, pretty pretty often his freshman year, splitting time with LaFontaine. Um but then, basically, this past season didn't really see much action. Jack LaFontaine became one of the best goaltenders in the country, and I think Mo literally only played in two games all year. Um, so, yeah, you know, and he, he saw the writing on the wall, uh, put his name in the transfer portal a week ago. Uh, you know, I think we all were sort of hoping that that was a good sign that meant Jack LaFontaine has decided that instead of going pro, he was going to come back for a fifth year. And that, in fact, was the case. Uh, LaFontaine announced, or I guess really the U announced that LaFontaine didn't himself, but the U announced that LaFontaine is returning for a, a fifth year um, and is third with Minnesota next year. Um, he legitimately will be one of the top two returning goaltenders in the country. Um, you know, he's one of the three finalists this year for the for the Mike Richter Award, which is the top goaltender in the country. Spencer Knight, uh, Boston College goalie, has already left for the NHL, so he'll be gone. Uh, the other one being Dryden McKay, the Minnesota State goaltender, who shut down the Gophers a week ago. Um, and it's interesting to see if he'll have a decision to make after the Frozen Four this weekend exactly what he's going to do, if he's going to try and sign... Uh, a free agent NHL contract, or if he's going to return for another year with the Mavericks. Um, another interesting goaltender transfer, Matthew Galata, who was one of the best goaltenders in the country last year for Cornell. Uh, obviously, Cornell in the Ivy League didn't play this year. Uh, he transferred, and he will be the starting goaltender next year for Notre Dame. So Minnesota will see him four times uh, next season uh, as the Notre Dame goaltender, Dylan St. Sir who uh, was their starter this year is transferring out, and I think he's going to Quinnipiac. So, um, you know, well, I mean, the thing is, is we, we're talking about all these transfers in the in, in the basketball world. Well, the hockey, this is the first year that the hockey transfer portal has just been insane. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of these, you know, seniors get an extra, uh, get an extra year, and, and there's not a lot of room. Uh, if you look, I mean, the, the several of the seniors on the Gopher roster, Brandon McManus, Cullen Munson, have entered the transfer portal, uh, Sam Rossini as well. 
uh, because basically I'm sure Bob Motzko pretty much said, hey, you know what, We thanks for your four years, but we've got a big freshman class coming in next year, and we just don't got room for you. So if you want to go find somewhere else to play, more power to you. We love you. Go for it. Notice that he's uh, okay with Jack LaFontaine coming back for an extra year. Um, but, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why, why Jared Moe decided to go into the transfer portal. Um, I think he also saw the running in the wall that the Gophers got a new uh, freshman goalie recruit, Brendan Boynton, who I think we talked about last week, who will be coming in as a freshman next year, who basically will be the backup to LaFontaine before presumably taking over the number one roles at his sophomore season. Um, but yeah, no, Mo sort of surprised everybody um, by announcing earlier uh, Tuesday evening that he's going to go to Wisconsin, which... Um, is interesting because Wisconsin had a freshman this year named Cameron Rowe who really turned it on at the end of the year and presumably was going to be the number one goaltender for the Badgers going forward. So it'll be interesting to see. I know Tony Granato uh, ran a platoon between Rowe uh, and Daniel Lebedev um, this season. Um, so maybe Mo was, was told that he'll, he'll get split time uh, going forward, but it's a, an interesting move. Um, you know, he, like I said, it, it was, it was rumored that he and Motsko didn't really see eye to eye. Maybe this is his, uh, this is his way is trying to stick it to the Gophers and saying, all right, fine. I'm going to get an opportunity to, to see you guys four times a year for the next couple of years. Uh, and we'll see if we can prove why, uh, you know, you, you thought I wasn't as good. Well, now we'll, now we'll see if that's true or not, but, uh, it should put a little more spice into the, uh, the Gopher Badger rivalry, which already sort of had uh, picked up a little bit here in the last year or two. And, should continue to be uh, should continue to be fun going forward. I'm for anything that puts spice in that rivalry. That's a that's a good rivalry. I mean, it's it's really I feel like that hasn't been hot since the final year of the WCHA, basically. Yeah, no, it had been cooled down for a few years, and and you know, Mike Eves obviously uh, he, he he and Lucia both traded off. You know, the end of their coaching careers and their their teams. Uh, weren't nearly as as good as they were during the the heyday of their their coaching uh, time at each school, and then Tony Granado came in and and needed a few years to get Wisconsin rolling. Wisconsin was sort of the doormat until this past year, when all of a sudden they they turned it on. Now we'll let's see legitimately next season how much of that was Cole Caulfield uh, dominating college hockey. If if they he obviously has moved on to the NHL, so he won't be around next year. So, um, yeah, that have happy news for everybody in the big 10, uh, Wisconsin did add another scoring threat though. Again, transfer portal, uh, Bowling Green, one of Bowling Green's, uh, leading scores. Uh, in fact, basically the entire Bowling Green team is damn near in the portal, which is a whole nother thing. Um, their top, I think, top five scorers all went to the portal, two of which are now transferring to Boston College, one North Dakota, and then one announced today he's going to Wisconsin. So, um, you know, the, the the teams that lost a lot to uh, to the professional ranks are, are reloading uh, with, with the Bowling Green Falcons uh, mainly, but, you know, they're, they're picking up uh, some of the quality talent. And that's actually something that, you know... It, it, it's almost a little bit disappointing for Minnesota because there's a couple of these players that would look really good in the maroon and gold, but the Gophers have a, have, they're going to have to rely on their freshman class coming in. They've got a couple of uh, highly ranked freshmen who are going to have to step into those roles rather than veteran players. Cause Minnesota just doesn't have much room. Um, you know, as we said, Sammy Walker, basically it came out from a reporter down in Tampa Bay where the lightning hold his rights that he said he's coming back for his senior season, uh, potentially being the, uh, 
the first three-time captain in, in Gopher hockey history. Um, if Walker's coming back, you can guarantee Blake McLaughlin's coming back. Um, it sounds like all of the defensemen are coming back. So other than other than Sampo Ranta uh, leaving one year early, uh, Scott Reedy was always going to go pro after this year. He signed with the Sharks. He was a senior. He played four seasons. So really, really Ranta's the only player you hope you might have been able to keep on the roster who left early. Um the Gophers are going to be are going to be pretty well stacked. They're going to return most of what they had this year, uh, and add a couple of really high profile freshmen into the roster. So, uh, you know, it it should be they should be top of the heap in the Big Ten again, fighting for uh, you know a good spot in the NCAA tournament. Um, we'll see how good Wisconsin is without Caulfield. Michigan has lost a couple of their players, but uh, several of them haven't signed yet, so they may still have some incredible talent on that roster and Notre Dame just went and got you know one of the best goalies in the country so the Big Ten looks like it's going to be uh, stacked for the next couple of years to come and uh, you know it should be it should be fun and hopefully we get back to actually seeing some uh, some non-conference action and the Gophers can try and uh, get a little bit of respect back taking on some of these other Minnesota school teams which they obviously have not fared well against uh, in, in the recent past. Is there a, a shot for any gopher this year, you think, to get their face up on the Mariucci wall, the first team all uh, I mean, it'll depend on how the voters decide. Legitimately, it'll be between McKay, uh, McKay and LaFontaine for first team All-American goalie from the West. Um, you know, I, I think you got to probably give McKay the edge in that one. But... I it's possible that LaFontaine might might sneak it out. I think it's I think if I had to handicap it next, we should be finding out about that. Uh, I believe either Thursday or Friday. Uh, they usually do it in between games at the at the Frozen Four, so probably Friday. If I had to handicap it, I'd say McKay probably with the first team nod, and, and LaFontaine will get the second team nod. Um, Sample Ranta probably has a decent shot at a, as a second team nod as well. Um, so. Uh, and I can't remember whether it has to be first team All American to get on the mural, whether they let second team All Americans on there. Now I'm forgetting all of a sudden. Um, but either way, I think I think there's a decent chance that both Ranta and Lafontaine will probably be second team All Americans uh, when those get announced on Friday. So um, you know, obviously with Lafontaine coming back, he hopefully will continue. You know, he's uh, you know was already in the Hobie Baker final final ten this season. Uh, if you can pull another season off like he did this year uh there's no reason why he can't uh, continue to be in the in the contention for several of those awards next season well speaking of awards uh while the baylor win did not do andy any favors in his bracket it did seal the deal for two uh tdg readers um we have uh, in the in the daily gopher uh bracket pool uh classic gopher uh, won the pool. In uh, second place uh, was Imploding the Madness. And uh, both of you, uh, your um, shirts, your prizes should be in the mail already. So uh, I have absolutely no idea how quickly Breaking Tea delivers things, uh, but uh, they have been sent your direction. So congratulations to both of you and thank you to everyone who uh, participated in the Bracket Challenge again this year. Uh, hopefully we'll have the ability to you know have the gophers in the bracket that we challenge ourselves to in the future probably not next year but who knows because transfer portal 
In the meantime, while we wait for all sorts of other good news to come across uh, the front page of the blog, uh, we'll be back again next week. So go Gophers. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. Go Gophers. Row the boat.